Steve uh, called me on Friday and, uh, and asked me to, he looked down the bench, way down the bench, and, uh, and found me down there and, uh, and called me and asked me to be here. And uh, one thing he said sort of as a joke was, you might bring a brick with you for your notes. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's funny, but he probably wasn't lying. So uh, excuse me here if I fumble and try to just uh, w- work with my notes as I figure it out with the, uh, with the wind. But anyway, it's a, it's a real privilege to be here this morning. Uh, thank you to the session, to Steve, uh, uh, for the opportunity to be here. Uh, you can open your Bibles uh, to the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29 is where we are going to be focusing our attention and really just on one uh, verse in Deuteronomy at 29. With a, a new year upon us, 2021, uh, trying to know God's will for our lives is something that many of us are going to do. Uh, as, we, as we make decisions in the coming year. Where should I go to college? Where should I go to grad school? Should I pursue this relationship further? How should I care for my aging parents? Should I accept this added responsibility? Am I happy with this job? How am I going to approach schooling uh, my children? our children. My life is such a mess. How do I know that God really and truly loves me? These are the sorts of questions that you and I are going to ask in this coming year. And in asking these questions, most of us will want some sense of knowing what God's will is as we ask these questions. Even if you're not a Christian here this morning, the fact that you're here at this service, even that reflects that even you, to some sense, you want to know the divine's will for you. And yet for all of us, when we think about these questions and we consider what is God's will as I answer these questions, for most of us, uncertainty reigns. In a college newspaper, I, I once read a column about marriage in which the author said, in this, this moment of honesty, the author said, if I don't even know what drink I'm going to order at Starbucks this morning, how do I, what baffles me is how do I know who to spend the rest of my life with? Most of us can relate, and, and not just when it comes to marriage, but really when it comes to God's will for the whole of our lives. And it's that kind of question that I want to shed some light on for us uh, this morning in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. This is God's Word, and it's our rule for faith and for life. Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Would you pray with me as we open God's word? Our Father, we do ask for your favor now. 
uh, upon us. There are many things that could distract us right now, whether it is uh, the weather itself or whether it's the, the problems and questions of life. But Father, we pray that right now we would delight in and meditate upon your word together. And in so doing, Lord, would we be as trees planted by streams of water, as the psalmist says. Would you make it so by the power of your spirit? For we ask in the name of Jesus all of these things. Amen. In the fall of 1993, I faced the biggest decision of my life. For one year, I had been dating a girl that I met here at Clemson. And over the course of that year, our relationship thrived. We were, we were very much in love. But you know what happens when you have a, about a year under your belt, the questions begin to come from friends, from family, of course, well-meaning, but you know the question, so, she the one? Or maybe a little bit more uh, tactful or vague, uh, so, uh, you know, what are you, the two of you thinking these days? We know, we know those questions, and, and my, you know, I would fumble for an answer and say something to the effect of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, I guess. But that question burdened me. Should I ask this girl to marry me? Can I spend my life with her? Is it God's will for us to be together? These were serious questions that I didn't know how to answer definitively. I felt very much like the author of that, of that newspaper article. If I don't even know what drink to order at Starbucks, how do I know who to spend the rest of my life with? At some point, all of us face monumental questions like these, and not just about marriage. It can be pursuing a career or relocating to a new city or choosing a college or wrestling with spiritual truths. But like me in 1993, many of us just aren't sure how to answer these questions. And while it might be the last place on earth that you would expect to find wisdom for today, there's help for us in the pages of Deuteronomy. Now, to understand this text, I need to give you a, th a three-minute history lesson. After all, it's generally not a good idea to do what I did this morning. Pick one verse out of the Bible and preach on it, right? It's always important to know the context of a verse. And I need to give you that context here just briefly. In God bringing his people out of Egypt, from slavery, out of Egypt, he entered into a covenant with them. That covenant was a contract. It was a contract between God and his people having saved Israel from bondage, from slavery in Egypt by his love and by his grace for that people. God promised his continued protection over that people as long as they abided by certain stipulations of the covenant. Stipulations that we could say are summarized in the Ten Commandments. For obedience to those stipulations, there were blessings 
However, for disobedience to these stipulations, there were definitely consequences. And as the story goes, shortly into their exodus from Egypt, Israel disobeyed. It failed to live up to the stipulations of the covenant. And it did so repeatedly. And there were consequences. God would make the people wander for 40 years in the desert until this disobedient people died out. But now here we are in the book of Deuteronomy and those 40 years are nearing their end. Israel is on the eve of crossing into the Jordan, uh, crossing the Jordan River and into the promised land. And with a new generation of Israelites entering the land, God renews his covenant with the people. And this is what Deuteronomy records for us. Sometime today, read the rest of the chapter, the beginning of the chapter. You'll see everything I've just said. This is the renewal of that covenant, of that contract between God and his people as they enter into the land of Canaan. And in, their, in, and in this renewal, there's our text. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So on the eve of entering the promised land, God makes it clear that the secret things, that is the secret counsels and plans of God, they belong to him. They're known only to him. For knowing uh, these secret things, God would not hold the Israelites responsible. Instead, he would hold them responsible for those things that he does reveal to them. So, so why this history lesson and why is this verse helpful to us in 2021? After all, none of us are, are uh, Israelites entering the promised land. Well, in talking about God's will for our lives, I think we need, many of us, some of us, maybe many of us, need to reconsider what we think about discerning the will of God. And this text provides a very helpful distinction for us, a very simple but very profound distinction that I wish I knew back in 1993. You know, given what I had said about that relationship with this girl, you know, it would seem like it was an easy decision, right? I, I said that our relationship thrived. I, I said that we were, we were uh, very much in love. And yet, as I saw it at the time, it, it wasn't that easy of a decision. You see, in my mind, I thought that God had one and only one perfect girl out there for me to marry. And that it was up to me, it was my job to find the proverbial needle in the haystack. The one, right, the one, she could have been a Clemson. It could have been this girl, but Maybe not. Maybe, maybe the one could have been at, dare I say, Ohio State. She could have been in Greece or Thailand or Brazil. But I had to find her if I was going to be living God's best plan for me, God's plan A for my life. After all, 
if, if I did marry this girl and she was not the one, if, if I married her, well, then the whole of my life would not be God's best for me. It would all be plan B from there on. Our children, plan B children, right? And you see how it goes down the line. Their children, plan B children, right? That, that's what I had in my head. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. That might be the way that some of you think about the will of God. So what was I to do? Uh, There was a whole lot at stake. I was confused and I was scared. How could I know the mind of God and his will for me? And in my confusion and fear, I sought advice from my pastor. I hoped that he would reveal to me some secret formula that would reveal whether or not this girl was the one. But in talking with him, Uh, What he had to say really shocked me. He said this, he said, JR, you'll only know the answer to your question when you say, I do. Hearing those words, one thought came to mind. You get paid how much money to give me advice like that? It wasn't exactly what I was looking for, and yet it opened a door for me to a lesson that has served me so well, a lesson about the will of God. If you study the topic of God's will in the Bible, you're going to discover that it speaks of it in two ways, the two ways that are talked about in our passage in Deuteronomy 29.29. It's two sides of the same coin. The coin is the will of God, and there are two sides to this coin. There is the secret will of God and there is the revealed will of God. The secret will of God is that aspect of God's will whereby he orders or he decrees whatsoever comes to pass, but only he knows it until it comes to pass when it is then made known. And this is what the first part of our passage teaches us. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. In other words, there are things that are in the mind, that are in the plans of God that only he can know. We cannot possibly know them. They belong only to God. Yet there was a time in my life when I thought I could know God's secret things. And here's the key, not only that I could know God's secret things, but that he actually held me responsible for following them and for for knowing them and following them. I thought if I lived the Christian life with, with just enough vigor and devotion, that if I just kept my finger, you know, on the pulse of God by being all in for him, by being sold out for him, that if I did all that, I thought God would let me in on his secrets. Knowing, knowing God's secret will, I think, is what many of us mean when we say we want to know God's best for us or we want to live in the center of His will. And so in 1993, I thought if I could just unlock, unlock some secret, uh, I could know without a, shadow of, uh, uh, without a shadow of a doubt if this girl I was dating was the one the the one that God had ordained for me to marry. And I could know for certain whether this was God's 
uh, best for me. I wanted to know God's secret will, and this is why my pastor told me I could only know the answer to that question when I said I do. The only way I could know God's secret will for me was when it was no longer a secret, in other words, when I said I do. Now, as you study God's word about, uh, about the will of God, you're going to discover the other distinction. That is, we're flipping the coin over here. There is the revealed will of God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. The revealed will of God is that aspect of God's will that he makes known to all. It's the aspect of God's will whereby he makes known his expectations for man. You know, the Ten Commandments, for instance, one, one aspect, right? One part of his revealed will. But now here's the big news. Notice that it's the revealed will of God for which God holds his people responsible. Again, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Where many of us get this whole idea of God's will wrong is that we act as if uh, God expects us to know and to act upon his secret will, that aspect of his will that he has ordered, but we cannot know until it comes to pass. But God does not hold us responsible to obey his secret will. He does not hold us responsible to know and to act upon his secret will. This is the direction our, our, the Westminster Shorter Catechism takes us. Question 39. What is the duty which God requires of man? What is the duty which God requires of man? The duty which God requires of man is obedience to his revealed will. The duty which God requires of man is obedience to his revealed will. After telling me I had to say I do before I could know God's secret will, my pastor then showed me that all I needed to know for God's will in marriage could be found in the Bible. Oh, he, said, what is, he said to me, J.R., what does the Bible say about marriage? What ideals are you to pursue as a husband? What ideals is she to pursue uh, as a wife? Do you, see you, do you see yourselves pursuing those ideals together? It was in answering those questions about marriage that I could know God's revealed will. And that is God's best for me. My pastor then challenged me to believe what the Bible taught and that that, that, was, uh, that that was sufficient for me. And then to act accordingly. It was a revolutionary moment for me. For the first time, I realized that the Bible had something to say about my everyday life. That it, that the Bible revealed what is God's best for me. And that I didn't need some, you know, divining rod to learn the secret will of God. And so I answered those questions. I acted accordingly. And now over 25 years have passed since I said I do to that girl. 
I know it was the best decision I've ever made, but not one without some struggle and even fear and certainly a valuable lesson. You know, as I've thought about why this teaching is so challenging to us, I've realized that it's challenging because it requires faith from us. And faith is very risky by nature because faith is, is, is uh, believing in something that is unseen. You see, discerning God's revealed will, so often it's going to leave us with choices in life. And, and that can be a very scary thing. It, it, there's not one clear road often when we, when we, when we uh, study his revealed will to try to help us make decisions. So often there, there are... There, the answer is multiple choice, right? There's many different choices. And God has blessed us with those choices. And that can be scary. And of course, you would be very wise in your decision-making to pray about it. You'd be, be, you'd be very wise to seek the godly counsel of, of others, to evaluate these choices. But ultimately, you must act in faith based upon what God has revealed to you. This should be very freeing to us. It often feels very paralyzing to us instead. We'd rather have one clearly defined road that doesn't require faith. I think this is often the, uh, the appeal of something like legalism. You know, legalism is often attractive to us because it gives us uh, clearly uh, defined man-made rules that help us know whether we're remaining in God's good graces rather than living uh, by faith. So we'd rather have one clearly defined role regard, uh, road regarding God's will. Instead, God often gives us choices about marriage or college or a job or retirement. And making a decision requires uh, faith to believe that God has shown his best for us already in his word. And then he's given, a, given us choices along the way to act freely. Leaving the secret things to the Lord, it often feels very, very risky to us. But this isn't the way it works. God calls us to leave the secret things to Him and to believe that the things revealed, that these things revealed, they are a sufficient guide for our faith and for our life. Now, I know how challenging it is to think along these lines, but I want you to see something. I, I want your confidence to be boosted when we look to Jesus in this process. What do I mean by that? Okay, I want you to appreciate that in Jesus Christ, revealed for us is one of God's secret plans. You know, in the gospel, God saves mankind from its sin and he recreates the world through Jesus. And admittedly, that's not the way that we would have done it. If you look throughout the Bible, God's people generate all sorts of ideas about what's the best way to make right the wrongs of their lives and of the world. But none of those compared, none of those ways they tried, none of them compared with the mystery and the greatness that came to be revealed in Jesus Christ. A plan that the angels at one time longed to know. 
I want you to see that in believing in the good news of Jesus, a former secret thing that was slowly revealed to us over time, in believing in that gospel, that helps us to be confident all the more in God's good and mostly secret plan for our lives. I have no idea what God has in store for you in 2021. It is a secret thing yet to be revealed. But what I do know is that He wants you to live this year according to what He has revealed to you in His Word. And while that may fill some of us, all of us, with anxiety, if God did not spare His own Son, but graciously gave Him up for us all, and that former secret thing now revealed to us in the gospel, if He has done that, how will He not graciously give us all things, even in those secret things of His will? Would you pray with me? Our Father, uh, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is sufficient for us. And we pray, O oh God, that as we face the, the coming year with so many uncertainties before us, we pray, O oh God, that we would lean upon Your Word in, in faith and in life. And that You would give us the faith to trust in the secret things of the Lord even as we look to Jesus and feel confidence uh, that that secret thing revealed to us, uh, how will you not graciously give us all things in light of, of that great gospel? Our Father, give us your spirit. Give us faith, we pray, in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.